so we have been on a bit of a journey over the last four years and we have just built our fourth property, which is very exciting. Property. It's completed and ready to be tenanted. <laughs> You're listening to Property Investor Tales, stories from the front yard. Here's your host, Tabitha Bright. Hello and welcome to Property Investor Tales, stories from the front yard, where I get to speak to property investors from around Australia about their investing journey. My name is Tabitha Bright and I'm the head of coaching at Positive Real Estate, where we help people build wealth through property. With over 8,000 clients across Australia and New Zealand, there are some incredible stories to tell, which hopefully make your investing journey that little bit easier. My guest today is Hayley Beavis. Hayley Beavis and her partner Corey are 27 years old and have already amassed a portfolio with four properties in them. So today we're going to talk to Hayley about their journey and what it's taken to create a four property portfolio at such a young age. Enjoy this conversation with Hayley. Hey, Hayley, Hayley Beavis, one of our own. Um, welcome to the podcast. Thank I'm you. Super excited to have you here. <laughs> I'm super excited to be here this morning. <laughs> oh, good, good, good. And while this podcast is largely dedicated to uh, our clients and their journeys and um, what they've done with their investing and their experiences, um, I am tapping a few of our own on the shoulder because, um, you know, obviously, although we work in this environment, um, we are like everybody out there, investors, and um, we've got experiences, good, bad, ugly, um, exceptional. Uh, and, uh, and I thought some of those are worthwhile sharing. Um, for you guys that don't know Hayley, she's one of our property consultants here at Positive Real Estate. And um, a f- number of years back, how many years, Hales? Five years this month, actually. Five years. So five yeah. years ago, <laughs> Haley came and volunteered at one of our property game workshops. Um, I was interested in having Haley on as an assistant um, to myself and the team uh, to learn some of the ropes and um, and uh, see where things panned out. And she volunteered her time. And the rest of it's been history, really, hasn't it, Hales? You've just... Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so she's rolled up from assistant to she's had a had a bit of a go at marketing and some other aspects of the business, um, but she settled uh, where her heart truly is uh, in as uh, a role as a property consultant um, because it's very property-focused and client-focused. Would that be correct, Hales? Most definitely. I am the type of girl that scrolls realestate.com for fun. So <laughs> getting into the degree of property, I think, was um, definitely a key goal um, coming, on to, coming into the property scene. Awesome. And so why I've got Hayley uh, here today is because a lot of the feedback from everybody that I've been interviewing, when I ask that question, what would you tell your younger self? Um, all of them say, get started as early as possible. I wish I started earlier. Well, Hayley's a prime example of somebody who started earlier. So Hayley, you do look incredibly youthful anyway. So do you mind me asking, uh, how old are you? I'm 27. (laughs) (laughs) And when did you first start investing? When did you buy your first property? Uh, It was when I was 23. So roughly four years ago. Wow. Okay. And um, do you mind me asking how many properties have you got 
with your partner, how many properties are you guys holding now? Uh, so we have been on a bit of a journey over the last four years and yep. we have just built our fourth property, which is very exciting. Probably. It's just completed <laughs> and ready to be tenanted. <laughs> four properties. Wow. So four properties in five years. Correct. Well, four years. Four years if you, yeah, three years. Oh, my God. I four can't years. Quite... <laughs> For all of those watching, this is an early morning interview and uh, on a Friday and clearly uh, <laughs> the two coffees haven't hit yet. <laughs> um, <laughs> don't ask me to do maths in my head in the morning. Um, all right, so that that's awesome. And I wanted you to share some of your lessons for people because we've got a lot of young people. We call you one of our young guns. We've got a lot of young people that are <laughs> wanting to get into the market and wanting to invest. Um what would you say to some of these young people that are looking to get into the market? I think it's um, a really interesting journey to be young and, you know, be talking to a lot of my peers and so forth and talking to a lot of people, obviously, on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, a lot of people's excuses come from, you know, blaming the market or other sources. And I just think stop blaming other other things if you really do want it there is ways to to get it um you know there's oh. the smashed avocado on the weekend i'm one of those people that certainly hasn't given that up but making different choices um you know you can eat smashed avocado at home just as good i know that corey loves <laughs> corey loves my smashed avocado so just you know stop sitting on your hands and and get out there and talk to people that know um, what this journey is all about and obviously there's some things that you can be doing to get into the market as soon as possible and if you're willing um, mm. just go for it yeah and um, so tell me what are some of those things that you might do um, saving obviously is number one so yeah. making those different choices and I mean we've been on this journey for over five years now of course um, you know I yeah. I was a bit of a, a traveler before um, I got into the property scene. Um, I didn't go to uni. I, I, I worked at Kmart straight out of school. Um, and right from the get-go, I had a really strong focus on saving money. Of course, enjoying my life is another really, really um, key point. But, mm. you know, both of us, Corey and I, um, luckily, I, I, I don't say luckily, but, you know, well thought out are good savers. Um, and savings is probably the key for us to get into this journey as early as we did. You know, I was only at Positive Real Estate, not even a year when I really started to want to jump into the situation. And, you know, it does help being around people that love property, but I certainly had a love for property before I even came into this journey. So saving number one, <laughs> I think, obviously, if you don't have deposits, it's very, very hard to get into the market. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. But there are incentives for young people out there, aren't there? Yeah. And there have been a raft of them from Builders Boosts to, you know, the First Home Buyers Grant. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, last year, certainly there were, and the year before, there were developers that were offering, you know, incentives Absolutely. to get to the market. And I mean, the market goes through cycles, as you know, Hayley. And, um, you know, I'm I was going to say double your age, probably, or close to, <laughs> close to, I'm 52. <laughs> um, and um, I've seen a few more cycles in the market than you have just due yeah. to, you know, obviously my age. Um, and we know that 
it, the market cycles through and that there's opportunity at different stages. And at the moment, some of those incentives may have left the market because it's a, it's a very um, <laughs> excitable market at the moment. It's a hot market. Um, property's moving fast. Um, but there's different options, aren't there? And, Absolutely. Um, yeah. And, um, I mean, even down to uh, the bank of mum and dad and things like that, like I've seen a lot of young people um, whose parents have assisted. Um, and what was interesting about your journey, Haley, is you didn't buy the family home first, did you? So tell us a little bit about that. What did you buy? So you were looking at investing and you bought your first property as an investment. Yeah, uh, our first then- two properties were investments. So we, um, we were pretty happy where we were um, living, you know, renting. We had a, a very very small rent, which um, was super lovely back then. Uh, you know, you think about it today and paying $100 a week <laughs> to live in a, in a home uh, was pretty good. Was pretty so good. <laughs> yeah, we were, we, we were in a good, pretty good position. Yeah. Um, we decided to, to make use of um, some developer incentives actually for the first couple of properties. And we really just bought what we could, the best we could afford at the time. And yeah. That's probably been another key point in all of this is buy the best you can afford at the time. And that was a one bedroom unit, uh, a one bedroom apartment in Melbourne. And we were lucky enough to get a developer incentive of the the vendor paying 5% of our deposit. Um, That was actually for the first two properties. So that was pretty amazing. And of course, you know, 5% of something that was worth $400,000 at the time is you know, $20,000 into our pockets, essentially. So being able to make use of those incentives and keep pushing us forward was a key factor in being able to to push through the first two properties in the first, you know, two years. Sure. And, um, you know, for people that may not have access to those incentives now because they're entering at a different time of the market, it still doesn't mean you shouldn't do it or you should be concerned about your trajectory and how slow it takes right Um, absolutely I think the the earliest you can get in the market the better um you know you can see that the market is on its way up and will continue to be and you know thinking about it or talking about it is not going to get you into the market any sooner it's actually doing it and having the mindset to to believe in yourself to actually get there (laughs) you know five years ago when I started the journey um you know, people would ask me, where do, you, where do you see yourself in five years? And for me, um, once I knew what I wanted, I would tell people all the time, I'm going to have five properties by the time I'm 30. And ah. that was the key thing for me that, you know, write it down on paper as, as silly as it sounds. But no, the things that you want, you just push and push and push and you, you know, I left my, my job as a waitress and um, basically said, you know, see you in five years when I'm driving a nice car. And <laughs> it's a really interesting journey with, with property, I guess, when I, um, you know, my parents, they, they were investors when I was young and um, I didn't necessarily know too much about the property market, I guess. You know, I knew that they were buying some properties and they did a really, really good job in I guess buying buying good ones in good locations, but that was a, a slow journey for them. And mm. it wasn't until I was probably in my early twenties that I really started to want to understand where they were and how they got there. And 
um, you know, in their early fifties, they actually retired based on property. You know, they, they will, they live off the rental income and still today, you know, got in their caravan and traveled Australia. So pretty cool journey for them. And I really wanted to find out how they've done that for one. Um, and obviously having people in my life that, um, I can look up to in that sense, um, you know, even you guys, you have been a big part of my journey as well in, in pushing me and opening my eyes to what can be. So it's been, been really fun. <laughs> oh, it's, it's exciting. And when you have a good student like yourself, um, <laughs> it's all the more exciting to coach. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that it hasn't come without its bumps, right? So that I remember. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> we were <laughs> so so we have what we call normal problems and abnormal problems yeah. in investing and normal problems are the stuff that you get used to dealing with over time you build what we call investor muscle and yeah. <laughs> um, you <laughs> and you'll hit these all the time. Like I was talking to one of our other coaches Sharon who I'm actually going to interview as well cuz she's got a really interesting story. And, um, and she's a client as well um, prior to joining our coaching team. And she was saying that even to this day, and she retired herself on property and has come back much yeah. like myself to um, coach and teach. And, um, and she was saying even now, she's just put her name down on a, pro on a property, I think, this week. Uh, she said she still gets buyer's remorse. Like you sign, you sign that, um, that contract really? and you go... <laughs> Oh, what have I done? <laughs> um, I think it's a normal part of our psychology, whether we're hardened investors or or fresh to it. And I remember when you were still my assistant, I still hark for those days. <laughs> and um and we'd found a property that was gonna work for you, and you're yeah. all excited about buying it. And I remember being in the office and you were signing contracts and you were talking to your, your conveyancer, your solicitor, and then the waterworks started, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Even wow. being, you know, in a position where you're surrounded by people that do it every day and, you know, learning, um, mm. learning about property every day and understanding what people go through it still didn't change the fact that it was bloody scary <laughs> that first property you know signing the contracts um I sat in that office and went what am I doing why am I doing this help and of course the water waterworks came and um it really was an interesting few weeks through that you know finance period and obviously getting through the settlement period and yeah. um you know, not everything goes to plan or like you planned it originally, but, you know, mm. overcoming, I guess, that first, that first property probably really set me up to, to understand that, yes, there will always be some normal issues, which at the time I didn't know that they were normal. <laughs> they were just very, <laughs> very the problem, scary. Isn't it? <laughs> that's right. That's right. So everything yeah. that you know, became a small hurdle, um, mm. felt very, very big to me at the time. And even people that are coaches um, to, to, to investors, Absolutely. Um, I still felt way out of my depth initially. And, um, you know, it was, it was very, very scary. <laughs> Obviously not traumatizing enough though to stop me. <laughs> and this is the thing, that's courage, right? And this yeah. is where 
you know, when we're on this journey of investing, we are stepping outside of our comfort zone um, and we are building, like I said, new muscle around, um, we're expanding into a space um, that a lot of people don't go. When you think that, you know, a large portion of our mentoring group are in the 1% club, the 1% of Australia that holds three or more properties, uh, you know, you are doing something outside of the norm. You're doing out something outside of what 99% of the Australian public do. So it is going to feel uncomfortable. It is going to challenge you. Um, and I guess that's why we obviously have, no, I guess, I don't know why I said I guess. It is why we have the, um, the mentoring and coaching program because it does provide that um, safety net for people on Absolutely. the journey um and hand I, I holding think... a bit of hand holding and everything's going to be okay you know <laughs> we all need it we all need it definitely <laughs> and the coaching never stops right no um and so then you've bought a couple of properties you and Corey individually and together and yeah. like a lot of investors Hayley you started going well how can I fast track my results? How can I get, um, you know, is it time to look at a more complex deal? Yeah. And um, sometimes this can be a good thing for us as investors and sometimes it can take us a bit sideways. And because if I had my time again, Hayley, I would buy a lot of blue chip property and not do all of the complicated and complex stuff I did right um and but hindsight is a wonderful thing and I think sometimes we have to go through that journey anyway um and again and so, I guess it's that buy the best you can afford at the time right <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's very true it's very true but we often see these deals that are you know might be advertised on the market higher cash flow yeah. higher you know bits and pieces and they can be attractive, developing duplexes, dual income, uh, you know, there's been all sorts of types of those properties um, coming through from time to time, depending on market cycles, you know, NRAS. And now, of course, we have, um, there has been the space for NDIS, so the National Disability Insurance Scheme. There's some opportunity there that um, you've taken um, uh, advantage of but what I wanted to highlight in today's journey without feeding you your answers is where there seems to be something that is outside of the market norm. And in this case, yeah. with the NDIS properties, it's a higher rent yield, yeah? So okay. when there's a higher rent yield, nothing is for free and it comes with its own challenges. And I wanted you to talk me through um, the NDIS property that you've bought and built Mm -hmm. is going to be a fantastic investment for you. But for people, <clears throat> excuse me, that are looking for more complex stuff, it does come with its own twists. And even for somebody that is embedded in the company with everything that goes on and you see all behind the scenes and you understand the um, upside and the trade-off, yeah. there were still challenges that you could not have planned for, Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so talk us through what, you know, what that looks like. Okay, so it was probably about 12 months ago now, maybe even a little bit yeah. more. Um, we started looking at, obviously, our next um, property choice and mm -hmm. 
we were originally going to buy our own home. <laughs> and then when we started looking, my partner, he's a carpenter by trade and uh, very, very particular and picky. So um, we couldn't find somewhere uh, that we wanted to live for one and a property that we liked enough for two. So we decided to venture on another journey of buying an NDIS property. Now this is a you know, four bedroom, um, four bathroom home. Um, you know, three of those those bedrooms are basically occupiable to participants in the NDIS scheme. Um, and again, like you said, you know, some higher cash flow for those for those properties. Now, of course, for one, sorry, because they're essentially rented for people that aren't familiar. They're rented room by room Correct. and subsidized by the um, disability insurance scheme. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So for one, um, a, a key point of why we, you know, originally did this was yep. it is essentially helping people um, with a disability, okay. which I think is pretty amazing in the first place. Yeah. Um, for two, you know, why not uh, throw a bit of risk out there and uh, try something new? As we were discussing yeah. yesterday, Tab, you know, being uncomfortable sometimes is the best thing to do to, to grow. So 100%. I think even you said to me, Hayley, you know, this is this is going to be different. Maybe <laughs> don't go down that path. And I thought, no, we're going to give it a crack. So we, um, yeah, about 12 months ago, we decided to put a, you know, deposit down on a, a house and land construction yeah. And, you know, it was a, a more expensive build than the standard home, um, certainly in that area. But we, but we decided to choose location um, over, I guess, anything else. We were looking at yep. some lower socio areas, but then we decided to move in for that little bit more expensive property into a yep. nicer location that will obviously get some growth in the future as well. So that was a key Good. point. Yep. Now, with the journey, it was pretty straightforward in the beginning. <laughs> um, you know, we were all the regular, um, well, in the beginning when I say signing the contracts. <laughs> yeah. Then we hit the finance um, hurdles. Now with NDIS, of course, valuers don't see those properties as anything more than a house. Um, and if they do see it as an NDIS property, um, basically it's, you know, considered commercial and 70% LVRs. So obviously mm. that's very large deposits, mm. um, which we were not factoring in. Yeah. So like we did have a finance clause, um, but basically we had to go to five different banks to get us what we wanted. Right. So, Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That was two banks basically telling us, um, no, it's a commercial property, 70% yeah. LVR. We had two banks that valued at over a hundred thousand dollars low. And then right. we had one bank that actually valued it on, on purchase price and yep. we were able to get 90% lending on that. So that was that was a good good start um, yeah. with a few and, rocky points. <laughs> and um, one of the key reasons sometimes that banks value these types of properties down low is not because they're, um, they're not worth what you're paying for them, but it's really hard to find suitable comparables in the area Correct. because when you're spending, like you've got to think about the wet areas, right? Bathrooms, mm. kitchens are the highest price point things to construct. Yeah. And so then when we've got a, a property where um, the renters, the tenants, the participants in the NDIS scheme can have a bedroom with their own dedicated bathroom, they're not having to share with anybody. It's you've essentially got, got three master yeah. bedrooms in there and, you know, another 
um, bedroom with an ensuite. So yeah, so you've got a stack of wet areas, and it's more expensive. But then yeah. you try finding a comparable in the market, and there isn't because most houses will have two, maybe three, with a powder room at the most. So right. hence, you can have some valuation challenges. That was one hurdle you had to get through. Awesome. Yeah. Um, moving through the journey a little bit further, um, you know, we did have some buffers in place, of course, because one for valuations, um, two, um, you know, things like furniture packs, um, you know, at, in the beginning, we needed it further along the line, we didn't need it. At the end, you know, it really depends on who you recruit to look after the property, whether they want that furniture um, as well. So that was one thing. Yeah, it's not it's standard not. property manager. No, no, it's not a standard property manager. So with um, they're called an SDA provider with those guys, um, you know, they they take their fees as well. So a couple yeah. of extra things, you know, things like $10,000 startup fees to get that that mm. in motion, 20% property management fees. And I mean, they're all different, but that's just, you know, an average of what that looks like for a, for a high physical support property. So Moving down the line, um, some and we were aware of some of these fees in the beginning, um, but you know, big buffers was a, a huge factor for us and a huge um, thank you, Haley. Thank you, past Haley, for thinking about future Haley, <laughs> <laughs> because that yeah. did help us along the way. Um, so things like you know, fees, property management fees, um, furniture packages, um, which you know. It is is all in the in the mix. Delays in construction. That's another story. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, the poor builder really. We um we were lucky. We signed a fixed price contract and fixed term contract. So you know, thank you, past Haley, and thank you, Positive Real Estate, for obviously getting those inclusions in in the properties and the builds because yeah. we got to basically the end of our um, build journey and uh, hit a few delays in terms of construction. So um, with that, we there was changes to uh, basically the certification that needed to occur um, when the property was built to right. certify it, to put it to you know NDIS, get it certified. Um, and on the 1st of July, just you know kind of as the property was finishing, those changes occurred. Now the builder hadn't taken those into account. And um, basically had to, you know, we'd hit practical completion, um, paid our final build um, invoice and thought that we were handing over, you know, next week um, and certification couldn't happen. So we had a few delays in terms of the builder had to move some walls, change the kitchen around, um, (laughs) automatic doors, all sorts of stuff. So um, it ended up being around a three month delay for us. And you know, I really do feel sorry for the builder in all of this because we were lucky enough you know, to get paid liquidated damages along the journey. Um, very, very frustrating, I can tell you that much. Uh, yeah. um, because, you know, the, the SDA provider had some people lined up to go in. You know, it was all near on finished. Um, so you had tenants up. ready to go in and they couldn't oh. move in. Explain liquidated damages to the uninitiated. So this is something that's really important that you get yeah. in the contract, which our our contracts team always make sure that are in the contract. So, so when it didn't settle on time, what did that mean for you? You were able to claim? Yeah, we were able to claim from the builder. So basically, um, if the builder doesn't complete in the time that is stated in the contract, 
um, they essentially have to pay us a certain amount per day um, that they run over time in the construction. Yeah. Um, so essentially we got paid week on week, the amount of rent basically that we would be losing during that time. So, Fantastic. yeah. So for the, yeah. you know, the 10 to 12 weeks delay that we had, we did get paid market rent for that property, which is fantastic. Obviously, yeah. you know, paying the mortgage on that at the time. Yeah, I was going to say you've got holding costs, right? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, mortgage, you know, the rates were still coming through. <laughs> so it was, um, it was, that was a really good thing. Um, yes, absolutely a frustrating time. You know, we did lose a tenant and now that the property is complete, um, we're a couple of weeks down the line and still, still looking at the moment. Um, yeah. but you know, things are, things are finally looking up in that sense. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, we've got a really good team on board. So hopefully um, they can find someone ASAP and, yep. you know, get the wheels in motion there. Yeah. And that's the other thing with these slightly trickier deals is that, um, you know, one of the trade-offs with NDIS is that it can take, you know, 12 months to have all of your tenants um, in because um, they take time to find the right people and the right mix of the household and so forth. So, yeah. Um, you know, stability for everybody. Um, and so when we're looking at these more complex deals, as, as Hayley's kind of taken you through the, <laughs> the top level of her story, um, you know, this isn't something that you do as a first property. Um, <laughs> uh, as much as the, <laughs> I think the, I just took a deep breath just then. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. The key thing in all of that was... Um, yeah being set up in the first place and having buffers in place. And we knew this was not going to be a straightforward deal. We, yeah, we I think knew. you had me reading you the Riot Act and probably Absolutely. a number of people in the company saying, Hayley. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those things, you know, higher the reward, higher the risk, I guess. And uh, we took the risk and hopefully the reward is a good one out the other side. So, Absolutely. yeah, it's certainly oh, one of those moments, you know. <laughs> thing about risk right we all like the idea of of risk and reward and yeah. often we think we like high risk or we might think that we're up for it yeah. um but when risk shows its teeth mm. um it can it, you know it, it can feel very different um and yeah. it can change it can even change your brain chemistry right you can yeah. i've heard of people that have had extreme financial stress and ended up with you know pts um well not not disordered but post-traumatic stress for sure around some finance stuff yeah. um on the very extreme side um obviously you've got a good team behind you you had built some investor muscle you knew what you were getting into you had buffers in place and you'd bought a property in a quality area so if the ndis stuff didn't work out it was still able to be you know it was open and a property that the general public would still want absolutely to not, and that, that was a big yeah. decision that we made early was yeah. that we were going to go into that better area um that you know has yeah. all the infrastructure has all the yeah. whatever it, it needs to be um to be a, a decent property right so yeah. if worse comes to worst and i mean this is into the future as well yeah if worse comes to worst it's a a sellable property in a great location and of course if we needed to rent it on the open market 
I actually walked in there and was quite um, shocked at how nice it was, to be honest. Awesome. Um, it's, yeah. It feels like a regular home. So Fantastic. it would be minor changes to rent it on the normal market for us yep. to you know, get a decent return. Who wouldn't love four bedrooms with four bathrooms, I guess, apart from the cleaning? <laughs> You've got teenagers um, yeah. <laughs> or, or, you know, or elderly parents that you might have to look after. I mean, it sounds like a, a home made in heaven. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone has their own space. So. <laughs> cool. All And so in wrapping up, Usually I ask people the question, what would you tell, you know, what advice would you have for your younger self? Now, <laughs> given that without being ageist, you're 27? 27, yeah. yes, I remembered right. Um, given that you're 27, it's a little bit hard to ask you that um, because, uh, yeah. you know, you've, you've had a number of years in the market, but you're obviously doing what a lot of us wished that we might have done. Um, so is there anything else that you would like to share on your journey that you think is important for people to know and to understand that we haven't talked about? Not necessarily. Um, the, I think just the key thing in all of this is, you know, like I said earlier, don't sit on your hands and wonder. Um, there are, you know, plenty of people to talk to that have I've done it in their journey, get curious. Um, you know, I certainly asked a, a lot of questions when I was getting into this and, mm. you know, mm. the first property is always the scariest. Um, I can tell you now, no matter who's surrounding you, it still feels very overwhelming, but take the step into asking questions to people that have done it before. Um, get curious about their journey, get curious about what has got them to that point and, if you really want it, you will find a way to make it happen. So, you know, set your, set your dreams big <laughs> and as silly as they sound initially, you know, you, it, it does happen. Um, so just move, move through the journey, enjoy it. Um, I can tell you now, once you've done the first one and you want to build that portfolio, um, it kind of come, becomes a little bit of an addiction. So <laughs> I think that's at the point I'm at. Poor Corey. I go, oh, no, let's just enjoy ourselves for a little while. And then all of a sudden I'm sending him links on realestate.com going, no, 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 we've got to buy again. Corey, get, get saving. And the poor guy. <laughs> but, you know, he, he's, um, he's awesome. He loves the property journey himself. And, Fantastic. Um, it's, a, it's a beautiful one to be on. So, Get on it, guys. Get on the, the roller coaster and, and journey of um, owning some real estate. I can see, you know, my my trajectory in a few years' time is is looking pretty strong and I'm very, very excited to have more choices, you know, as the years go on. And um yeah, yeah it's no, you've done you've done great, hun. And I guess in wrapping up, the thing that I'd like to be really clear with everyone on what has made Haley successful in this space has been her and Corey's dedication to understanding what their outcome is. So Haley's always been very clear on what she wants, the time frame she wants it, and then works back from there and how is she going to do it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, she's used every tool in her toolkit um, and she's done really well uh, but it's been, she's made choices that have, like, it's very hard to have your cake and eat it too. And so. Smashed avocado the, tastes just as good at home, guys. 
I, I second that because I make my avocado at home too. And uh, I love my avocado and feta with a squeeze of lime and a touch of chili and a bit of rock salt. And it's oh, absolutely quality bread. It's damn fine. I could even go so far as to say with the COVID baking thing, you can even bake your own bread. Like, I mean, we can go all out here, but sourdough. <laughs> sourdough. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, on a final note, you know, you're really good at setting your goals, Hayley, and you understand yep. that, you know, sometimes it doesn't happen exactly when you want it or exactly how you want it. You've chosen to invest rather than buy your owner-occupied for now, but yep. we've started having that conversation because I think um, as one of your coaches, I know you've got a, a number of them um, that you tap into, uh, which is very sensible, I might add. Um as one of your coaches, I think it's a good time to start considering um, getting your PPR, your principal yeah. place of residence, um, because we can start paying some of that down too when you're ready and making sure that you've got that debt free and some fun stuff like that. So congratulations, young lady. It's thank awesome you. having you as part of the team. And thank you for sharing your journey. Um, I was uh, worried I was going to have to twist her arm for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want you to hear it um, because I think it's really good. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm choking. Um, really, really um, good inspiration for a lot of you youngies out there. Um, you know, be like Hayley. <laughs> <laughs> thank <Awesome>. you. <laughs> Thanks, Hayley. Thank you for the kind words, Tab. Um, and thank you for all of your support, of course. You know, um, you've played a very big part in my journey as well. So it's awesome to have you as part of my team. <laughs> oh, thank you, sweet. And um, we'll see you soon. Bye for now. Hey, thanks for listening to Property Investor Tales. Remember to subscribe so you get notified every time a new episode drops. As you can guess, I love hearing people's property investor tales. So if you'd like to share yours, then please get in touch with me via email at propertyinvestortales at positivementor.com.au. We would also love your feedback and I would appreciate a five-star review over on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Remember, you can watch all of these podcasts over on YouTube at Positive Mentor or at positivementor.com.au. Until then, take care, happy investing, and bye for now.